What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to GMs for Hire. It has been a while since we've all been together. Uh, these two gentlemen alongside with me have been a little bit working on their personal shows, but we are back, the three of us. I'm just missing Jamila today, but we are back today to bring you another edition of GMs for Hire. Uh, if you don't know who we are, this is your first time listening. I'm Will Paulston. Alongside with me, RJ Stroke from RJ's Pit Stop and Matthew Perry from Perry's Pit. We're going to be bringing you uh, a video that... I put together, uh, I put a post up on my Facebook and asked people for their unpopular sports opinions. Um, and so we're going to cover a couple of those today. But before I get started, um, we had a great month of what was last month, May. We had a great month of May getting a lot of subscribers and a lot of additional views and everything. So we want to thank you right away. And we have that new intro song that you just heard coming in. So I want to thank my friend Austin Hirsch, uh, I don't know what he wants me to shout out, but his links are going to be in the description of the YouTube video. So feel free to go give him a follow or whatever it is that he wants you to go follow. So make sure to go check that out. Um, he's a good friend of mine, been a friend for a while. So, and he's a big fan of the show. So thank you, Hirsch, for helping out. Um, but until then, we're going to cover some of those unpopular opinions. And today we're going to cover the NFL edition. Um, a lot of people put a ton of unpopular sports opinions, and I want to cover a couple of them while we're here. And so the first one I saw was from a, a friend of mine named Tim Elliott on Facebook, and he is a Buffalo Bills fan. So this may be a little biased, but uh, he said that the Buffalo Bills have legitimate Super Bowl hopes um, this season. Uh, that wasn't the exact wording, but it was pretty, it was pretty similar. He's, he's basically saying the Buffalo Bills are a Super Bowl team this year. I'm going to start with RJ. RJ, I already saw you shaking your, actually, I saw you both shaking your head. So, I mean, we, we were talking off air. We're, we were talking about how this is probably going to be the quickest conversation. So, RJ, start it off for us. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of the Bills' Super Bowl hopes this year? No. How about that? <laughs> um, they are – I definitely believe they're the favorite to win the AFC East. I think now that Brady and Gronk are out of New England, I think there's a little bit of turnover going in Foxborough. I think Buffalo should win their division. Uh, I think Josh Allen is an up-and-coming star at the quarterback position. Their defense is loaded. They finally got some receivers for Josh Allen to throw to because he had nobody. I mean, his best receiver was Cole Beasley, and you're not winning any games. Like, you're just not going to do it. Uh, so, Buffalo is building. I think they're on the right track. I think they should win their division. But they there's a problem, and the problem is they're in the AFC – and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are also in the AFC. And at the end of the day, Baltimore is absolutely loaded. I mean, defense, offense, special teams, coaching. Baltimore is absolutely loaded. Kansas City, loaded. They have the best player in the National Football League, Patrick Mahomes. Got Andy Reid coaching him. Their defense is good enough for how high-powered that offense is. I like Buffalo. I think it's a good story that, you know, the Bills are finally relevant again. Uh, but if – you know, it, I guess if Lamar and Mahomes get hurt week one, yeah, Buffalo, yeah, then you got a chance. Maybe out for the season. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Matt, uh, similar uh, – two for two so far, similar opinions on that one? Um, I mean, RJ put it uh, pretty well, I'd have to say. Um, Buffalo is blessed to be in the division that they're in as it – 
uh, now without Brady and Gronkowski is one of the worst in the NFL, if not the worst. Um, you know, Josh Allen is up and coming. I agree with that. Um, they did have a pretty good draft and got stronger in several positions. Um, and I do see them winning their division. But overall, I think the playoffs is just an unrealistic uh, goal, at least getting, I mean, getting through the playoffs, that is. Um, and then you look at their schedule throughout the season. Um, they play several, I'd say, elite teams. They do play the Chiefs in the regular season. They play the 49ers um, and I believe a few other decent teams. And, and you know, yet, like I said, they're in the division that they're in, um, which is a blessing for them. And it'll make their record look good, but I don't think they'll get very far in the playoffs. It's going to be a rough road ahead for the Bills. And as RJ mentioned, the AFC is a gauntlet, man. Between the Ravens and the Chiefs just off the rip, and then not to mention other teams that's good. Like, you're going to have the winner of the AFC South in there. That could be the Titans. That could be the Colts. Those are both two good teams. Then you're going to have wild card teams. And who knows how the playoff setting is going to be this year with the whole COVID and everything like that. Nobody knows exactly what – the NFL or any sports situation is really going to be other than the NBA. And even then there's still questions on it. So, um, uh, I mean, I'm right there. like the bills, great chance to make the playoffs. Absolutely. I think it's, it, I think it's crazy to say they wouldn't be favorites out in the AFC East, but I think, uh, it's, it's a little bit early to be saying Super Bowl. Um, I, I think that, that they got Stefan Diggs, So they finally have a good target for Josh Allen, but one target, is that enough? I, I don't know. And then is their main running back going to be Devin Singletary? And is that going to be enough? Uh, it's just, I still uh, there's two years away. Yeah, for sure. no, for sure. They're on the right track, but they're not Super Bowl ready. Yeah, low, lower the expectation a little bit. Uh, win the division, go to the playoffs, win a playoff game. Let's see Buffalo win a single playoff game. Uh, then we'll worry about, you know, Lamar and Mahomes. But that, Baby steps. how much you can do about that? No, between, but, but between Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs, and then on the defensive side, Tredavious White and Jordan Pryor and everything, they have a young core and they, they could be coming together. And then they have some veteran guys thrown in there. It's a, it's a, it's a nice built team. And they are definitely, at least in my opinion, playoff bound. I just don't know about Super Bowl bound just yet. Um, but moving right along to the next unpopular opinions, and these are actually two differing opinions, but about the same topic. Uh, our friend from USF, Tommy McTague, said that Drew Brees is the greatest quarterback of all time. And then uh, also on the same exact post, uh, my old sociology teacher in high school commented that Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, the, the goat goes it's always a topic. And I, I think that it's nuts to see those two, because I think the conversation's always Brady and Rogers, at least in modern day. And if there's even a conversation with that, a lot of people just kind of assume Brady's the goat, but uh, it, either one of you, is, do you see where they could be coming from with Drew Brees or Dan Marino? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What, what's the situation at either one of you? The floor is open. It's, it's tough. Um, when you look at the greatest of all time, you have to look at so many different factors. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and if we're going to consider Aaron Rodgers up there, we're strictly looking at his passer rating because Aaron Rodgers has the best passer rating in the history of the National Football League. He also only has one Super Bowl, and he's battled some injuries. 
Tom Brady's out here with, what, six rings now? So if we're looking at championships, Tom Brady's the greatest. Well, Peyton Manning took four different head coaches to a Super Bowl. That is so impressive. I mean, that's insane to me. Drew Brees, you want to talk about the guy with probably the, you know, the best completion percentage maybe ever. I think if you look at the top ten best seasons as far as completion percentage, Drew Brees is in the top ten like six or seven times uh, with different seasons. But then you got Dan Marino. And I, I wanna I wanna talk about Dan Marino. Matt, you can you can take Drew Brees. I wanna talk about Dan Marino here. His numbers have started to fall by the wayside. Everyone's passing him as far as passing touchdowns, passing yards, things like that, because the game has evolved. The game has changed. But I don't think that's fair to just look at numbers. Dan Marino played in a completely different NFL than what Peyton, Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, Russ, whoever. Dan Marino was in a completely different NFL where they didn't throw the ball 40 times and air it out and things like that. And he still put up insane numbers. When he retired, I think he had the most passing yards and passing touchdowns of all time. Dan Marino, in my opinion, he's a top five quarterback of all time. I don't think he's the greatest of all time because at the end of the day, you can't ignore Tom Brady's six rings. Um, Now, we could have a whole nother episode just on that because I think he's had the benefit of having the same coach, the same people around him essentially for 20 years and playing in the worst division in football. Um, So getting that first round by into the playoffs helps. Um, But Dan Marino, that guy deserves more respect in my opinion. So I do know where your buddy's coming from or sociology teacher, whoever it was. Um, Yeah, I, I definitely know where he's coming from with Dan Marino because I believe he deserves more respect when we talk about who the greatest quarterback of all time is. Fair yeah. enough. I like the I like that I like that comparison. Matt, you said uh, he said he'd give you the honors of Drew Brees. Uh, what do you have to say about uh, number nine down there in New Orleans? Um, well, Drew Brees, of course, um, we see this. You know, now that he's played in our era, we we've seen this firsthand, just how consistent. Um, Drew Brees is as a quarterback. Um, he's led the NFL in completion percentage the last three seasons, all in the 70s, which is very impressive. Um, he's led the league in passing yards seven seasons of his career. I think something that sets Brees away from many of the others, um, for example, with Brady, we see Brady still be successful, you know, with the rings and and everything over the past few seasons. He's he's still gotten to that point. Um, but he's, his numbers as a quarterback have begun to fall. Um, I remember seeing a statistic last season where he was on the passing level of Mitch Trubisky, which, you know, is a joke in itself, you know, especially if as a Bears fan, you don't want to be there. Yeah. If you're considering someone to go and I know Brees is into his forties now. Um, Drew, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Brady is into his forties, but Brees is as well. Brees will be 41 this year. Um, but <clears throat> Breeze is still getting it, getting it done. You know, the numbers really haven't declined. Um, you know, he got hurt last season, which definitely threw off his career numbers, but he still got that um, touchdown record last season. He's up to 547 in his career, most all time, you know. Um, will that 
will that be touched one day? Of course. Um, just like Marino's was, just like any record that any player has had, one day it'll be touched. I don't think this is untouch- an untouchable record. But it just, I think, looking at the numbers, Breeze can definitely, there's a, definitely a story for him as the GOAT. Um, I think I think the two quarterbacks are very underappreciated. Oh, for and sure. I agree. Like, because, like, as, as RJ mentioned, Dan Marino, like, retired as basically the GOAT back in his time. And he was retiring with records on records on records. And now he's getting blown away because it's a different game of football. And But, like, Dan Marino was the quarterback of an era. Like, Dan Marino was the GOAT of an era. Like, he was the best quarterback on the field at all times. And then Drew Brees – to have the most passes completed in a career, to have the most passing yards in a career, to have the most passing touchdowns in a career, to have the most yards per game in a career, to have all of these accolades and to be first in everything and to never win an MVP is like absolutely astounding. I mean, how do you have the guy who literally leads in everything, every single, like he leads in almost every single quarterback category for a career. Um, just a few that he's off on. I think he's like third all time in passer rating and the only two above him I want to say are Brady and Rodgers. Um, and then uh, like there's some other, there's a couple other like categories where he may fall second. Like he's second all time in passes attempted. Like, like he's just, he's a quarterback and he does a lot of passing. Like, it, but Drew Brees is very efficient. Completed the most all time, led the league in completion percentage in the last three years, and he's still aging. Like he's he's up there in age, as Matt said, but he's still statistically performing. It may not be to the extent that he used to, but he's still up there. And like I, I just feel like to never give him an MVP award, um, and and I just feel like it's just nuts. Like I I I can't see where somebody who leads the league in everything can't be considered the goat at a point and like he's almost never brought up in the conversation it's always like Rodgers Brady Manning like and nobody ever mentions Breeze and so I think uh, I, I think both quarterbacks definitely have an argument just because Marino for his era and then Breeze for now I mean he literally leads in everything like how can you deny him the conversation at least at least you have to throw him in there and I so, think there's I, I think there's a couple problems with with both of these quarterbacks if Dan Marino had won just one Super Bowl, just give him one, um, would we have this discussion? I mean, Dan Marino would be solid, like, up there with Brady and Peyton Manning. Like, Dan Marino would be a lock to be a top three quarterback of all time if he had just one Super Bowl. So, at, at some point, I think we need to look past just the rings Obviously, championships are important. That's why they play the game. But at a certain point, you have to realize there were other quarterbacks in Dan Marino's era that were that are also top ten greatest of all time. You've got Joe Montana and John Elway that are also in the top ten. They won a bunch of Super Bowls. And you just there wasn't enough, you know, there's only one per year, and Marino just kept falling short. I think statistically, Marino's got it. Um, but Breeze – Breeze has had such a tough, like, road to get to the Super Bowl. He's only been to one, and he won it. But think about what he's had to go through. We live down here in the South, and I've been on this for a long time. 
the NFC South has been the toughest division in the NFL for the last six, seven years, honestly. I, I'd say it's, it's definitely been one of, if not the toughest. I think that AFC West got a little tough once Patrick Mahomes came around. And oh, then, for sure. Raiders have but, been forever. But, yeah, but the Raiders haven't been great in a while. It, it, it's just it, – it's the same thing. Like, you look at the NFC South, and there's always a team that's slacking a little bit. But, like, you're always going to have that one. T- one team's going to be shitty. What's yeah. But I think. Oh, well, yeah. The Bucks will finish in fourth, but they have, you know uh, – they, they do have great talent. Exactly. Right. Even the last-place team in the NFC South is the best last-place team in the league. Right. I mean, Freeze has had to deal with Cam Newton's MVP year. Matt Ryan's MVP year. I mean, you've got the Bucks who can steal a game. Like, I understand they finished last in the division, but then here they are. You know, they've got great players, sometimes go unnoticed, but they still have a good team. So I think Drew Brees has had to play in the toughest division in football for the last, you know, five or six years. And when he does get to the playoffs and he's not playing division teams, well, he's got to play Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's got to play Russell Wilson. You know, and New Orleans has not had a great defense for a lot of those years with Drew Brees. So Drew Brees and Dan Marino are really similar in the fact that they can only do so much. You, It's a team game, and you have to have help, and I don't think they always got the help that they needed. I, I think I think there's a couple stains on Drew Brees's and that it's when you look at Tom Brady and you see the six rings, but like a lot of people say the consistency and everything such as that. But other than like some defensive personnel, Drew Brees has had some pretty consistent, uh, like some a lot of consistency in his career. He's seen a couple, he's seen a little bit of change in personnel, but the coaching staff for the most part has stayed pretty similar with Sean Payton. Um, and I think a lot of people may look at that and just be like, well, Tom Brady has consistency. Drew Brees has consistency. Why is Drew Brees not getting there? And I think a lot of people don't consider the road in the NFC compared to the road in the AFC, um, especially with Tom Brady for the longest time, having the easiest walkthrough into the playoffs because that AFC East was atrocious. I mean, there was no – the Bills were bad. The Dolphins were bad. The Jets were bad. I mean, it, and the Patriots were – just they were like clockwork they were like a machine they were just a well-oiled machine did everything the same way for years and they've put something together that truly works and so um to to see Brady get the six rings and to see Drew Brees the thing that gets me is the MVP I don't know how they I don't know how they have never given him an MVP that throws me off but I think that's another thing that just kind of gives him a stain on the on the goat talk I think a lot of the individual records he said he has a couple individual records and then, of course, all the career records as well. I mean, it, it speaks for itself. But the one thing that nobody's ever called him is the most valuable player, even though he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL and throws for the most yards in the NFL and the most touchdowns in the NFL. But he's never been the guy. Like, it's it's just kind of nuts. And then two of the three other quarterbacks in that league, or in that division, let alone have gotten MVPs. And, oh, well, not Cam Newton anymore. He's currently a free agent. But – I mean, he. there was a quarterback in that division who got an MVP with him, uh, Cam Newton and Matt Ryan. So, I mean, it's just like, how, how much are you going to shit on Drew Brees? Like, yeah. um, but it is what it is. I think, I think both quarterbacks definitely deserve to be up there in the conversation. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the thing with awards. Like, you look at the, in the MLB, you got the gold glove. Um, I know a lot of people, especially nowadays, are questioning the relevancy of the gold glove because you see – 
a lot of good players get screwed out of that title, you know, it depends. It's a vote, you know, you're not, you know, one, one's opinion doesn't necessarily play in. It's, it's based on a group and whatever that group decides is who they think is the most valuable player, but it might not be America's most valuable player. Right. You know, I, I do agree that Drew Brees deserves at least one MVP. He's had some fantastic seasons, you know, just from the statistics I listed off earlier. But unfortunately, that's the luck or that lack thereof when it comes to awards. So I don't think that puts a stain on his career. Um, I kind of take awards these days with a grain of salt. Um, it doesn't really affect my opinion of somebody. I, I got to look more into numbers and stuff like that. Um, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it stains his career by any means. I think Drew Brees has had one of the greatest careers for a quarterback of all time. I just think it stains, like, the GOAT talk. I think um, people – like, Yeah, I, then in that case, I don't think it stains the GOAT talk. Um, no, well, I don't – Me personally, I don't think it does either, but I think a lot of people who are simpletons and, you know, straight-minded, like, they just see – they see six rings and they're like, well, obviously that guy's the best, like, duh. Like, yeah. and then that's kind of what throws everybody off. And, and that's my thing with the championships. I think it's lazy uh, to just say, oh, well, this person has the most championships. That person must be the greatest of all time. Right. But people who actually watch the games and actually study it will tell you that that's not necessarily the truth. Obviously they're going to be one of the best if you keep winning championships, but I think there's more to it than just rings. Yeah, Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but he's also on one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Yep. Like, that that era from, like, early 2000s to up until basically two years ago or last year, that era of the Patriots is consistently one of the most dominant teams of all time. And it, it's just the way history happened. I mean, the Patriots were just absolutely phenomenal. So. Dan Marino, Drew Brees, definitely both, at least from our opinions, it seems like definitely both deserving to be up in the, in the talk for quarterback GOAT, um, NFL best quarterback of all time. But um, moving on to the next conversation, uh, similar top conversation, especially talking about these two quarterbacks, um, our, our old buddy uh, professor at USF, Ryan Watson, he commented on this uh, sports uh, uh, unpopular opinions, and he said that old school pocket passers are relics. Is the term that he used? Basically, he's saying that they're obsolete. That they're they're basically if you have an old school pocket passer, you need to get with the times. You need to get a guy who's a little bit more mobile. And I think whenever you look at the newer set of quarterbacks, I'll definitely get to you in a minute, Matt. <laughs> I'll come to you first. Um, but. I, I think when you look at modern day, uh, the, like the modern day game, uh, there is you're still your old school pocket passer quarterbacks. You still have Drew Brees, who doesn't scramble very often. You have Tom Brady, who are both very good quarterbacks, but they're on the they're they're getting near the farewell tour. They're they're almost passing the torch to the newer quarterbacks. And whenever you look at something such as um, I'm going to go back to the quarterback class that had Rosen, uh, Mayfield had. Lamar had Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. Um, when you look at that class, Lamar Jackson is mobile, and he has shown that he has done very well in the NFL. Uh, Baker Mayfield has the ability to scramble. I think he's got a little bit of – he may not be the best scrambler, but and he may not be his first idea, such as Lamar. But he does have the ability to scramble, and I think he's a decent quarterback in today's game. Uh, similar conversation with Josh Allen. He's a sneaky rusher and he will still drop your shoulder in you. He's a freaking nutcase. That kid's crazy. Um, and then 
the other quarterback, Darnold, um, well, the other two, actually, you don't see Darnold run too much. Um, and you don't see Rosen uh, play that much. But um, <laughs> whenever – but Rosen had a knee injury at UCLA, if I'm not mistaken, not, maybe not just one, maybe multiple. And Josh Rosen was known for his arm. He was known to have a plus arm and basically a gunslinger, and he had amazing arm talent but no mobility. And the man hasn't basically seen a field. I mean, he saw the field a little bit with Arizona, and he didn't do great. He got sent out to Miami and got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he's just like, he hasn't really necessarily had a great NFL career. And so whenever you see these new classes of quarterbacks come in and these guys are mobile and this guy isn't, and this guy isn't succeeding. I mean, what, I, I think Ryan may be up, up to something here. I think he, I mean, when you look at today's quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, absolute phenomenal quarterback. He has the ability to scramble. Lamar Jackson obviously has the ability to scramble. Kyler Murray, I think, is on the up and up, and he's going to scramble like crazy. I, I, Josh Allen, as mentioned, he's on the up and up. He's rising, and he's got the ability to run. Um, Russell Wilson, absolutely phenomenal scrambler. I mean, uh, absolutely amazing outside of the pocket. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of – the list goes on. And so I, I, I think that the, the game may be getting away from that just sit-in-the-pocket kind of guy, such as your Big Ben, your – you're uh, Peyton Manning, you're Tom Brady, you know, the game may be honestly getting away from that. Matt, what, what's your opinion? I saw you had your hand up. Well, I, def I definitely do think the game is changing. Uh, that's pretty obvious at this point um, with Lamar and Patrick Mahomes leading the future. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I personally don't think that um, this will completely negatively affect immobile quarterbacks, uh, pocket passers, uh, you could say. Um, I mean, because we saw Drew Brees. We saw several other quarterbacks last season. Aaron Rodgers still had a good year. Um, you know, they're still getting it done, even, even if we're entering this era where a quarterback can also do it himself as much as he needs to. Um, I think that's great. I think a quarterback having mobility um, is like having another weapon, another tool. Um, that a quarterback can take out of his back pocket whenever he needs it. I think scrambling, of course, um, is a great uh, thing to be gifted at, as Lamar and other quarterbacks you've mentioned are. But I don't necessarily think that it will take away from pocket passers and make them less attractive, um, especially if you have a good run game. Like uh, like Drew Brees has Alvin Kamara, um, Aaron Rodgers – hasn't had the best running game, but it's, it's on its way up. You know? Aaron Jones is a great running back. Yeah. Uh, I, think he, yeah I think he's top ten. He's up there. I yeah. mean, he definitely has a great running back. Yeah, he's definitely getting better. In the uh, past, definitely not. But yeah. now Aaron Jones is coming along. Yeah, and Jones is still young. So, and we, we could possibly see him get even better than he is now. So that remains to be seen. But I think that, especially with a good run game, you don't need that, that uh, scrambling quarterback. Even Tom Brady out in New England, I mean, at least in recent years, he had James White and then Sony Michelle. So, I mean, he's had okay running backs. Um, some would say on the better half of okay, definitely. Um, but now he's going to Tampa with, uh, with Rojo Cop. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see what it takes to have a non-mobile quarterback and a crappy running back. So, uh, no offense to Ronald Jones. Um, RJ, your opinion on the, the old-school pocket passer quarterbacks? Yes. I'm glad he said that. Um, I was saying this a couple years ago. I'm I'm all in 
on mobile quarterbacks. I don't think – okay, not a hot take, all right? Who – what mobile quarterbacks have been just absolutely stopped and have failed in the NFL? Because when I look at Michael Vick, that dude was a cheat code. That dude could not be stopped. He could just do whatever he wanted, and he had off-the-field issues. Cam Newton, one MVP, was just dominant. I mean, unreal. I personally think he's the greatest dual-threat quarterback of all time because of the numbers he put that's up. That's a hot take. That's the hot take. No, that's right the there. hot take. That's not a hot, that's not a hot take. He's the greatest We'll dual-threat cover that in another one. You couldn't stop him. The only thing that could stop him was injuries. RG3, he went out there and won Rookie of the Year over Andrew Luck, who was supposed to be the next, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, RG3 Rookie of the Year over him. Why is that? Because RG3 could do things that Andrew Luck could not. Then RG3 got hurt. Not a defense that stopped him. It was a knee that stopped him. Russell well, Wilson. Was the defense who stopped him? But <laughs> Russell Wilson's got a Super Bowl. He's mobile. Aaron Rodgers is mobile. He won a Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick took a team to a Super Bowl. He was mobile. No one stopped Colin Kaepernick. He kind of stopped himself, but that's a topic for another time. Since these mobile quarterbacks have become more relevant, who has stopped them? Baker Mayfield? I mean, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I guess. Like, he, he needs to grow up. But Baker's mobile. Kyler Murray's mobile. Both of them were number one overall picks. Joe Burrow can move around. He was just a number one pick. Tua can move around. If he stays healthy, that dude's mobile. He's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league going forward. Next year's draft, the top two quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, both of them are mobile. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, the league has completely changed. We will not see another generation of Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, guys that just can't move. If you can't move, you can't win. Because if you're telling me that your quarterback is going to stand in the pocket and not have the ability to move, you're going to have to have the best offensive line in the league. Because, and, I, and I've seen this. Go back to Carolina. Cam Newton, when he was putting up all these crazy numbers, Carolina had a terrible offensive line. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Our offensive line was trash. It was trash. If we would have had a pocket passer quarterback back there, they wouldn't have won any games. Cam Newton won games because he could get out of the pocket and he could make plays, and you didn't have to rely on having a solid offensive line. Now, if you've got a great offensive line, Sure, you can have Mr. Cinderblock back there. But most teams don't have five all-pros up front. You're going to have some weak links. And if you can't get out of the pocket, if you can't make a play, and if you can't occasionally just keep it yourself and run, you're not going to win. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. We're done with that. That era is gone. Fair enough. I mean, whenever you look back on – Last year's playoff picture, I think a lot of the quarterbacks that went into the playoffs were mobile. Um, whenever you got to the Super Bowl, you had the Chiefs and the 49ers. The Patrick Mahomes is obviously mobile. Jimmy Graham a little – or Jimmy Graham, whoa. Jimmy Garoppolo, one of those Jimmy Gs. Um, they, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo can move. It's not definitely not something he does frequently. But, I mean, if he had the if he had to do it, he could escape. Um and then you look back at other teams, Lamar Jackson, obviously, is going to be a mobile quarterback. Russell Wilson, obviously, a mobile quarterback. 
Um, drawing a blank on some other ones right off the top of my head. Ryan Tannehill is probably like the least mobile quarterback that made the playoffs last year. You brought up the playoff teams from last year. Mm-hmm. Look at the six teams that made the playoffs in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes is mobile. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, very mobile. Lamar yeah. Jackson, very mobile. Josh mm-hmm. Allen, mobile. Ryan Tannehill played wide receiver in college. He's mobile. You know who wasn't mobile? Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. <laughs> and he didn't win a playoff game. He got Tom, destroyed by Tennessee. Tom Brady was probably the most, like, cinder block quarterback in the AFC. And then your next closest is Ryan Tannehill, who was, as yeah. you mentioned, a wide receiver in college. Like, he has, the, he has the footwork. He has the ability to escape. He's had a couple knee injuries and stuff like that, but he could still move if he had to. And, I mean, that team basically – I mean, he didn't even have to move too much because he just handed it to Derrick Henry and he bowled over everybody. <laughs> and then I don't, I don't remember all the NFC teams that made it off the top of my head. I remember, obviously, the 49ers and the Seahawks. Garoppolo can move. Um, uh, Russell Wilson can move. Breeze. Breeze. Eh. Kirk Cousins. Eh. Nah. Not really. Eh, maybe yeah. not. Well, at least on the AFC side. The AFC side is definitely loaded with some, um, with some teams that were mobile and so – I, I think the argument's there. I think that the, the game could definitely be changing. I mean, the game's obviously changing. When you look at it, the, the game is coming along. You're getting a lot of these dual-threat quarterbacks. And I think that's what college football quarterbacks are almost bred to do anyways. A lot of quarterbacks run options, and a lot of, uh, they run a lot of West Coast offenses. Um, getting, away a lot of that, uh, getting away from that pro-style offense a lot in college. Um, there are still your quarterbacks that do go through it, such as um, uh, I know Oklahoma does it. Um, I know Wisconsin still does it. But um, there, there are a lot of schools who just go off that West Coast offense and just go for the explosive plays. And so I, I think that really is what the game's coming to. And so not a bad, uh, not a bad pick there, uh, Professor Watson. You might be on to something. Look but, at uh, even the best quarterbacks in college football right now. All of them are mobile. We're not teaching. We're not teaching players to just stand still and stand in the pocket and not be able to move. You have to be athletic. Football has completely changed. The quarterback position has completely changed. And if you're not athletic, sorry, you weren't born 30 years ago. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that these defensive players are getting not only bigger, like taller and wider, but they're also getting faster. Like it's nuts. Like these. These guys who are six foot six and up, two hundred fifty pounds and up, are running four fives. Like, and that's terrifying. Like, imagine a guy. I'm six three and on the on the rough side of three hundred pounds, closer to maybe four hundred. And I mean, could you imagine a guy my size running at you at a four five four six speed? Like, you better get out of the way, or I'm gonna end your life. That's what I'm gonna do. Like. So, yeah, I think the game's obviously changing. The players are changing a lot. Um, definitely when you look at photos of players from 1950 and 1960, it's not nearly to, uh, comparable to what somebody like DK Metcalf looks like or what Miles Garrett or somebody looks like. The, the game's changing. The game really is changing. But uh, the final point here for the NFL um, was – Brought to us by another one of my Facebook friends, an old coworker of mine, Robbie Swales. He said that the NFL should get rid of challenges and replays. And I was kind of thrown off by this. I love the idea of challenges. Um, I love the idea of challenges in football because there are a lot of plays that go and, you, you know, that can really change a game. 
Replays, I don't understand. I don't know where the replays things comes off as. Maybe he means it something completely different, but like uh, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with replays. I think, I think the game's changing and we have the technology to catch uh, certain plays and we have the ability to fix human error in games. And I understand that human error should be a part of it. And I mean, it has always been a part of it. Um, I think they're getting a little bit excessive with the pass interference replay. Um, and that challenge, I think that's a little, it's a little shaky. And like, there's a lot of plays that like, I was listening to the Pat McAfee show and he said, if you went back and like looked up certain things, like they're almost every single play has at least one holding penalty on it. Like you're, you're going to have a lot of stuff. And so when you get to challenging like penalties and stuff like that, it's a little shaky in my opinion, but like to check to see if somebody got two feet in bounds, like, I think that's brilliant. Like you can miss that. And that can totally change the game. Whenever Julian Edelman made that absolutely stupid catch in the Super Bowl where he caught it like that far off the ground and it hit off of like two defenders and his own helmet or something stupid like that, like you have to replay that. That's huge. If, if he doesn't catch that, the Patriots don't win that Super Bowl. Like it, it's absolutely it, – I think, I think replay it needs to be there. I think challenges needs to be there. I, I think that – it, it, it just uh, it eliminates human error. And if it's not conclusive enough, then boom. I mean, what are you going to do? If you don't have proof to overturn it, I mean, it's not like they're just like, yeah, well, it's not like it's overturned every single time. If you can't prove it, they're not going to overturn it. So, what, you know, what's the point? So, open floor on that one. You have to review it. I mean, come on. The, we, there's too much money involved. There's too much, you know, especially – I mean, now if gambling is going to become as prominent as it's been, you're going to have so much money involved. You have to get it right. And I, it's like you said with getting two feet in bounds, that is almost impossible to catch in real time um, for anybody. You're going to have to review that kind of stuff. Now, I don't think you should be able to challenge penalties uh, that pass interference garbage last year. I'm so glad they got rid of that rule because um, challenging that was just a joke. Um, the reviews need to be quicker. I think we spend way too much time looking at replays and trying to be way too meticulous. And if we want to talk about, you know, replays and challenges and stuff like that, how about we start with the catch rule? What is a catch in the NFL? I don't think either one of y'all know. I don't know. I want anybody watching this to tell me what a catch in the NFL is because I'm pretty sure you have to catch the ball, take three steps, high-five your teammate, go down, don't let go of the ball, then tell the referee you're done, hand him the ball, wait for the whistle to blow, then that's a catch because it's a joke. Um, if the Some NFL, catches it, are so bad. Dude, the, so bad. I don't know. I don't know if you guys remember the play that I, – I only know it because I'm a Bears fan. But I don't know if you guys remember the play that Zach Miller snapped his leg on. He caught the ball in the end zone, and then he snapped his leg. Um, I'll, I'll make sure to show you guys afterwards. Um, if I can find a non-copyrighted clip, I'll throw it in the podcast as well. Um, but Zach Miller catches the ball, and then his leg snaps. And when his leg completely snaps to where he had to get – like an artery from his arm put into his leg to save his leg. Yeah. He rolls over. And whenever he rolls over, he lets go with the ball. I thought you just had to cross the plane with the ball. Like I, I what is a touchdown? What's a catch? Like yeah, he, he, 
didn't complete the process of the catch. What well, is that? <laughs> a catch shouldn't have a process. You catch the ball, you get your feet inbounds, that's it. Process. I don't know why a catch needs to have a process in the end zone when a running back can jump over a line. And as long yep. as the tip crosses it, he can fumble it. And it's yep. still a touchdown because the ball crossed the plane. Like, why is that? Why is that any different? I mean, if you have hands and you catch the ball and there's a sign of possession, who cares if whenever you come down, like if you come down and it pops out, then that's not a catch. But if you come down, you shouldn't have to like roll over hand the ball like I'm sorry sir I am done with this catch like that is so stupid like you had the ball like you're good like people who watch that Zach Miller catch and say that it's not a touchdown they they don't know what a catch is either but nobody does so Matt your opinion um I think replays and challenges are necessary uh in all sports honestly if you want to ensure the right call as close as you can. I mean, I think human error is also important. Um, that's why I don't, I don't support robot umpires in the MLB or any, any potential <laughs> robots anywhere in sports. We'll um, get to that in another unpopular opinion video. I know that. I don't think there's a place for that in any sport. But, um, you know, two feet in is definitely an important one. I think pass interference, they've definitely heightened the importance of, especially – since past years, we've seen teams like the Saints get kind of screwed over because of missed pass interference calls. So I do see why they've increased the focus on that. Um, but I also agree with RJ that keeping things quicker uh, when you're going through that is important. Um, pace of play in any sport is getting more important as well as attention spans lower. Um, you want to you want to keep the keep the ball rolling, keep things moving. Um, and replays kind of are counterproductive against that. But I do think they are important to um, the result of a game. The NFL goes through, like, at least two commercial breaks whenever they're reviewing a play. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely and, – and, like, the MLB won't even, like, turn off the show. They'll just show the umpires. And the MLB, I give – you know, I was a little skeptical about the reviews and MLB and everything like that, but I give, like, stupid credit to the MLB because they have worked so much on pace of play. They've tried to eliminate – they try to make sure that every review is in two minutes or less. Like they, and, and as Matt mentioned, the pace of play with attention spans these days is very important. And I mean, like the NFL will sit there and they, it takes the umpires a whole commercial break just to, or the referees the whole, a whole commercial break just to get over to the system to go watch it. And then they'll show the replay a couple times. They'll get back from commercial. They'll show it in different angles. And then the guys just sitting there looking at the box and then eh, another commercial break. And then you come back again. And I'm like, dude, what is taking so long? Like, cause we're at home. We see it one time and we're like, that's a catch. Like, yeah. <laughs> everybody does it. It's the same thing with baseball. People will sit there watch the replay one time and go, and yep, that guy's out. Like, <laughs> like everybody, you can watch it. It's in slow-mo. What more do you need? But um, yeah, no, I, I think the, I think challenges and replays are pretty essential to the game, but I do think they, desperately need to be sped up a little bit for sure but um those were the unpopular opinions uh according to you guys uh, according uh well based on the nfl i should say um we're probably going to do a couple more videos on these because you guys really did a good job of just dropping everything there was another guy who said football was lame i'm not covering that football's not lame football's awesome all right but maybe not the greatest sport but it's pretty cool but um until then, uh, we, we've been the GMs for hire. Uh, any, any closing thoughts on regarding the NFL or maybe some unpopular opinions for you guys? Floor is open.
Oof. Ah, man, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> um, Tim Tebow is underrated as a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, LaDainian Tomlinson is the best running back of all time. Um, Fun fact, we had somebody comment that Tim Tebow was completely overrated. We'll have to cover that. Um, <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a show on, just on that. <laughs> uh, the Buccaneers can be Super Bowl champions with a different coaching staff. Um, if Andrew Luck ever came back, their Colts would make a Super Bowl. I don't know. That you one. got a fifth one? We'll round you out at five, or are we stopping at four? Uh, yeah, we, we got to stop this kid. I, 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 hold on, and, I and, and Big Ben's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> this guy. I got one Good. more. Hold on. Um, Good one. I believe in you. The fullback is an important position. I want, I want the resurgence of the fullback. It I gives guys like me hope to get into the NFL. You could do it. I, I could. Anybody looking for a fullback, if any general manager, any any owner or anything, I'm I'm six three, like about three hundred and ninety, and I'll give you my tape. Like just just put me behind a quarterback. Give me one of those pocket passer quarterbacks. I'll block for him. I don't care. Freaking get, I, I want to be the next Mike Tolbert. Let me be the white Mike Tolbert. Call me white Mike. Mike. <laughs> So. Oh, Mike Allstott, Mike. I'm the combination of Mike Allstott and Mike Tolbert and Jerome Bettis. That's just me. And then William the Refrigerator Perry. <laughs> there you go. I'm all, I'm all of it in one. Uh, RJ, any closing thoughts other than Mike Tolbert being the best fullback of all time? Oh, I love Mike Tolbert. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, go to sleep. <laughs> I got work. Well, there you go. I, I need to. <laughs> it's one o'clock in the morning. Matt's got work at 7 a.m. and I've got work at 8 a.m. So we need to get out of here. So um, until then, we've been the GMs for hire again. Thank you guys so much for a great month of May. Hopefully we do even better in June. Feel free to, you know, follow us, subscribe and make sure to, um, you know, just spread the word about us. I saw on our analytics that over half of you guys who are watching aren't subscribed. What the hell are you doing? Go ahead and hit that red subscribe button. You can even hit the little corner icon. There's a little GMs for Hire thing in the bottom right corner. Just hit that and click subscribe, and boom, you're part of the nation. So um, until then, thank you all so much. And again, thank you, Hirsch, for the intro music. And uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.